Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Leah Aroni. Today is January 18th, 2023, the 25th day of the Hebrew month of Tevet. And this week we're reading the Torah portion of Era, in which uh, God starts sending the plagues on uh, Egypt as a prelude to the exodus from Egypt. So this week I'd like to talk about something called wisdom and opinions. Because we are taught by our sages that the real imprisonment, the real slavery of Egypt was the slavery of Da'at. Shabuda Da'at. Da'at is one of the three um, intellectual capacities that we have in Judaism, and I'll explain it shortly. But what it really means is the ability to focus, to connect to something, to know something on an experiential level so that you really, really know it and you're connected, as opposed to having a de'a. De'a, it sounds similar, but it's different, is an opinion. So in Egypt, there was no dot, there was no understanding, there was no connection, there was no experiential knowledge, and this is why Egyptians did not know God. And we are taught um, specifically by the latest Lubavitcher Rabbi that everything that happens in our current reality as we are approaching redemption is a replay on a much grander scale of things that happened in Egypt. That the final redemption, this is something that we're taught by our sages, the final redemption of this world will parallel in many ways the redemption from Egypt. So by understanding the processes that happened in Egypt before the redemption and during the Exodus, we can better understand our own times as we work forward towards the redemption, the final redemption. So what is that and why was it enslaved? In Judaism, we believe in three forms of intellectual knowledge three levels of knowledge, and I'll explain them briefly. I think we've discussed them on other shows, but I will explain it again so that you can actually understand how the Torah views our intellectual processes and how actually the Torah views our own motivation and how humans work. So in Judaism, we don't believe in subconscious. We believe in superconscious. There are the things that you can understand intellectually with your mind, rationally, but then there are entire levels of our soul that are super conscious, that are above our consciousness. The parts of our soul, the parts of our being that are way above our understanding. We just don't get them. We don't experience them intellectually. So yes, we believe in the mind, and we believe in rational thinking, and we believe in intellect. Absolutely, all of these are super important in Judaism. It's a religion that is heavily based on books and book learning and discussion and law and definitely using your mind and applying your mind is extremely, extremely important in Judaism. You cannot be a good Jew 
and be um, illiterate and not know anything. You have to always strive to learn. Learning, learning Torah is a very central piece of our religion. And you cannot keep Torah properly unless you learn about it. So yes, people come into Torah, into Judaism at different levels, and sometimes people come in and they don't know anything. And that's fine because they're new to it. That's perfectly understandable. But once you are in this lifestyle, you have to use your intellectual capacity to the best of your ability to learn as much as you can. And of course, the greatest sages, the greatest one of the sages of the Talmud, Rabbi Akiva, who only started learning at the age of 40, shows that it's never too late to learn. So yes, we place a lot of premium on intellect, but Judaism absolutely believes that the intellect and your mind is not the highest authority. There are people in our world that think that if I don't understand it, it doesn't exist. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. That human mind, human intellect, is the epitome, the pinnacle of anything and everything. And whatever doesn't fit into human mind doesn't exist. So Judaism doesn't believe that. We definitely believe this super conscious level of existence. And we learn new things. We learn new things because things that were super conscious all of a sudden become conscious. So when you get a new idea, where exactly do you get it from? You get this from your super conscious. It comes down and all of a sudden becomes absorbed in your understanding. So that first flash of understanding, when you get a new idea, a new thought, a new, a new reality, if you see a new thing, that first flash, that eureka moment is called chokhmah. Um, literally wisdom. But then your mind takes that grain, takes that seed, takes that first flash, and starts playing around with it and pushing it and pulling it and analyzing it which way, finding examples, finding applications, trying to really grasp what this thing means, um, taking it apart into its details. And that's called Bina. That's knowledge. You really, really grasp an idea. You have to sort of process it in your mind. And after you do enough of it and you look at it from different sides, then what happens is at a certain point, that understanding becomes internalized. And when it becomes internalized, it connects with your emotions so that you feel something very, very deeply and you're very, very certain in this thing. That is called that. This feeling of certainty, this feeling of understanding, this feeling of being rooted. So it is said that the Lubavitcher Rebbe once had a discussion with somebody on a certain very explosive and controversial topic. And this person was really surprised because on the one hand, the Rebbe had a very solid opinion, um, not opinion, a very certain approach to something. He was very certain in what he was saying and he said it was a lot of gravity and authority. But on the other hand, Although this was a really explosive subject and something people get into shouting matches about, the Rebbe was actually very calm in explaining what he did. And actually those things go together. When you're really, really grounded in what you believe, when you're certain of what you're saying, when it's very obvious to you, you don't have to get up in arms if somebody doesn't agree. You know, okay, <laughs> you know, you entitled to your opinion, but I know what I'm saying. So, you know, you don't go crazy. The more rooted you are, the more obvious something is to you, then the less 
worked up you get when people think differently. This is very different for people who have opinions or people who are not certain about what they believe. People who have opinions or people who are not certain about what they believe or who are not certain that they're right, when somebody argues with them, they feel attacked. They feel attacked and they feel like they have, they're forced to give up what they believe. And that's actually very uncomfortable. And this is when people get combative. So the fact that we're seeing so much social combat in, um, in, uh, in the society today, especially in the United States, people are so violent about protecting the ideas and everything becomes a fight and everything becomes a screaming match. And we can't stand people who think differently from us. Like, how could he think differently? He has to be crazy. This actually, the fact that we're so violent about protecting our ideas actually bespeaks the fact that we don't have that. We don't feel solid. We don't feel sure. We don't feel on solid ground. We're not grounded. We're not confident in our ideas. It's especially because we're so competitive to protect our ideas, which bespeaks the fact that we're not so sure about them. And actually, how can you be sure of anything when you live in a society that is completely subjective about everything? And everybody's entitled to an opinion, and everybody's entitled to their rights. And um, your rights to something can be threatened by somebody else's rights. You're never really, really, really entitled to anything. And uh, But everybody has an opinion, and everybody's allowed to express their opinion, and all opinions are the same. And the weight of all opinions is the same. So in such um, an environment where there is no objective truth, Nobody can really feel certain and confident in their knowledge because, okay, you think that, you have proof, okay, but that's really just your opinion. And this is the exile of that. This actually also goes, that um, has to go with focus. When you're really, really rooted in your knowledge, when you feel connected to it, when you know it on a deep level, then you, you can be focused with it. You don't change your mind every other day. You're not lightheaded. You're quite grounded because you are very solid with things you believe. And that allows you to be calm. And when you can be calm, you can be focused. On the other hand, if every new thing is um, a new opinion, and if every new thing threatens what you believe, then what happens is that we get attention deficit. We have a hard time focusing, and that's our ADD generation. That's exactly the exile of dot. Dot comes from, actually, the first time we use dot in the Torah is with biblical knowledge. It's a, with an intimate connection between a man and a woman. To have that connection, you need the two people to actually concentrate exclusively on each other and to feel a very, very deep level of connection to the exclusion of everything else. And that is what that is. When you take an idea, you take a, a value, and you actually focus on it deeply. You connect with it. You live it. You feel it. And then it can give birth to emotions, and then it can give birth to action. But we don't have that in our society because every new government brings a new idea and a new focus. There's no continuation of power. Because every government has different ideas, so we have whiplash looking right and left. 
on what's happening. Every organization, every person is entitled to have their own agenda and their opinion. And we're just in this marketplace of opinions where all opinions are up for grabs and they're all the same and they're all equal in their value and status. And there is no objective truth. This is really, the, this is exactly the galut, the exile of Da'at. And when there is exile of Da'at, we cannot know God. Because to know God means that there is an objective truth. If there's a God in the world who created the world, who runs the world, who gave us the guidebook to the world, that means that there's an objective truth. And that every, the objective truth is whatever God says, whatever, however God created the world, that's the objective truth. And yes, all the rest of us who are not God, we have our subjective outlooks, but there is an objective truth out there. And that creates a very different society. So our society has rejected this idea of God and rejected the idea of objective truth and by that rejected God, which is exactly what happened in Egypt. So God sent 10 plagues to Egypt, and the point of the plagues, as God said it, was for Pharaoh to know God, Ladat, to develop this Da'at, understanding, feeling, not just in your mind, but actually um, very um, deep, grounded, experiential feeling that there is a real God who has objective truths, who cannot be rejected. And at the beginning, Paris said, who is this God that I should let the Jews go? Or by the end of the templates, Pharaoh knew very well who this God was to the extent that he was willing to let the Jews go. And the Jews were also ready to go. So we need to go back to knowing God. And the thing we've experienced some plagues in this um, in this um, several years that have certainly in many ways uprooted our ability to trust certain institutions and um, have created a lot of public discourse around certain institutions that were taken for granted for example the health system and the science system you know I'm not against science, obviously I'm not against health, but there's a lot of doubt and a lot of things that have been taken as at face value. When doctors said you do it, today they create um, discourse and today people don't always trust that. And today in Israel, we have a big fight over our legal system. For the past 40 years, whatever the judges said was taken at face value and they were the ultimate deciders of everything. And now many Israelis have said, no, we've had enough of that. We don't want a legal dictatorship. So there is a lot of upheaval happening because we're losing trust in some of these institutions. And because really the only trust we should have is the trust we place in God. So ironically, how do you know if somebody has da'at knowledge or da'a opinion about something? The way to actually know what the person's level of knowledge in something is, is how certain are they of what they think and how much do they feel that they need to learn. And I've heard a beautiful explanation from a woman by the name of Miriam Blich. And she says, when you don't know a lot about the subject, so for example, if your knowledge about a subject can be represented 
as a bunch of little circles that together form a circle. And your knowledge is small. So now let's say everything you know, we color that in blue. And everything that you don't know is little circles around that blue in green, right? So the blue circles have relatively few places where they interact, where they almost touch the green. You feel like there's really not that much that's happening around your field of knowledge. But now imagine that your knowledge about a subject grows, and there are more and more and more and more and more blue circles. So now that we have this really large circle, and there are many, many, many more green circles, things that you don't know that are touching this blue circle. So the more you know, the more you feel that you don't know. The more you know, the more you know that you have to know more. A few years ago, I was called um, by a woman who wanted to open uh, an emotional therapy clinic. And she said, I, do I really have to take a course? Do I really have to learn? I, I seem to be really good at this, and people tell me I give them good advice. Maybe, I, you know, I think I can do just fine. I don't really need a course. I'm a natural. I said, okay, it's really nice that you're a natural. Please do yourself and everybody else a favor and go take a course. When you take a course, when you learn about emotional therapy, you'll find out how much you don't know. The most dangerous thing in the world is just a little bit of knowledge. Because people who have a little bit of knowledge, uh, two things happen to them. First of all, they think that they know everything, and that's extremely dangerous. Second of all, they become so defensive of their opinions. They're so sure that they're right because they don't have deep roots. So any little um, attack, any little... Um, debate with them makes them feel threatened and they need to feel um, very strongly that they're de depending, uh, defending their opinions. So it seems like they have very solid ideas and they're so certain and so violent in protecting their ideas, but actually that just speaks the fact that the roots of the knowledge are so, so shallow. Because once again, people who know what they're saying, they feel no interest or need in having these arguments, and if they do have an argument, they're very calm about saying what they have to say. So, um, when we don't know something about something, we don't know what we don't know. And when we don't know what we don't know, that's probably the most dangerous thing. Um, that also keeps us in Mitzrayim, in Egypt of sorts. Really, our Mitzrayim, our Egypt, our limitations, as we said many times, Mitzrayim comes from the word limitations. The word Egypt in Hebrew comes from the word limitations. Well, we don't have a solid understanding of how the world works. Well, we don't have a solid focus on objective truth. That is God. This is when we fall into different limitations. Because when your mind is fully connected with the idea that there is a God in the world, when your mind is fully connected with the idea that there are certain things that God mm. wants from you, when your mind is fully connected, not just your mind, but your whole existence, when you feel on the existential level that God put you into the world, he gave you certain rules and values, and he wants you to do things in a certain way, and you're guided by this knowledge, then when you meet different trials and tribulations of life, you can overcome them. It's when we lose that focus, when we lose that connection, 
that things become really hard and we feel like we don't have a way out. People can face very difficult circumstances. But even in those difficult circumstances, having this connection, this knowledge of God really helps them ride the waves. The most difficult thing is when people lose this connection, they lose this knowledge, they lose this focus. Then is when the difficulty becomes twice as difficult. There is the difficulty of the test, and then there is the difficulty of not having the... um, values and not having the um, assistance and not having the support and not having what you need to be able to get through the difficulty. So if you feel yourself in a bind, if you're going through a crisis, if you feel a limitation, the first step to get out of that crisis, that limitation, that difficult spot is by regaining your dot, by regaining a very solid understanding and connection to God, seeing God in your life and in that circumstance, understanding what God wants from you there. And it's not easy. It's easier said than done. But if you can connect to that, not only on the intellectual level, but on the emotional level, if you can feel the hand of God holding you and working with you and guiding you through that difficulty, that in and of itself is already halfway your exodus from Egypt. And whatever you're going through, I'm sending you a big hug and sending you uh, an assurance that God sees you. Just find him in your difficulty and this will get you out of the difficulty. By finding our dad, by returning our dad, by returning this understanding and connection to God, this focus on God and what he wants from us is what takes us out of Egypt. It's what takes us out of Egypt as a nation. It's what took us out of Egypt as a nation you know, almost 3,000 years ago. It's what's going to take us out of Egypt quote-unquote, this time around and bring us to redemption. And this is what takes each and every one of us out of our personal Egypt's tribes and tribulations. So um, before I wrap up this show, I would like to send all of you blessings of happiness and prosperity and health that all your tribes and tribulations should come to an end and you should experience God's presence and providence every step of the way. And in whatever is happening on your news, in your life, or in your community, in your country, you should feel it, that the Torah guides our way, guides our future. And with that, I'm going to sign off. This was Leia Roney with news from the Torah. Bye-bye now. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? 
At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Israel News Talk Radio.